You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. I am thrilled to bring you another episode of Sober Shorties. Now, if you were listening to the last episode, number 233, we talked about consistency versus intensity. And I've got a lot going on in my life, so I felt like a way of being consistent with the podcast was coming up with a new format where I bring some really awesome topics to you substantially shorter than I normally do. Um, for those of you who are longtime listeners to the show, you will know that I started off at about 30 or so minutes, and that gradually grew and grew and grew. <laughs> <laughs> then we started doing hour-long episodes, like, you know, back of my hand, just too easy. And so now here we are, Sober Shorties, episode two, but part of the larger 234. Now, I love episode 234 because it's got the number three, four in it, which if you add those together, becomes seven, and then there's a two, and that's just because I'm in the 200s, and I think it's pretty rad that I got this high. I never really thought that I would move this show so far into my sobriety and recovery, but it's still benefiting me. I know it's benefiting you. Love 34. What's up, Walter Payton? So let's launch right in because I got some fascinating topics. I'm going to begin to expand on whether in a longer form episode or whether it's through more sober shorties. But what I have noticed with not just my clients and people in the tribe and in all of the places that I go and speak at and the people in addiction and recovery that I come across is that for many of us, a question comes about that what is going to be the major motivation for me to stick with sobriety and long-term recovery for the rest of my life. And we can listen to the AA side of it that talks about, you know, one day at a time. And I do often discuss one day at a time. How can we maximize our moments, things that are happening to us right now in order to begin to stack these moments so that we have a day and then we have multiple days and then we have a week and then we have a month. And there's going to be cravings and there's going to be some depression and there's going to be some body changes and some brain shifting and all of these things are to come and to be expected. And whether you're just listening to my show, and I highly doubt that, I know many of you are out there perusing a lot of different shows. So we have many different examples of what people have done to achieve long-term recovery. And so as I was putting this together, and it was going to be longer, and then it was going to be shorter, and it was going to be a lot of things, what I began to notice as I started to build these threads of things that I have been noticing lately, and I'm not I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to say it, but I'm hesitant to say it, and I'm not saying that it's actually this. Does that sound like a riddle? That a lot of people seem to think that there might be a magic pill. There might be not a pill like you would actually take. You know, we did that. That's what got us here. We took magic pills, took a lot of them, in fact. And that's what led me to sobriety and recovery. But like, there's just going to be some magical pop one day where it's all just going to fit together and it's going to feel right. And then we're just never going to want to use again. I have yet to come 
to that point in my sobriety and recovery, and I'm almost seven years in. Yes, I have moved beyond the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month, you know, will I go back? What happens if I use? Like, I have filled my life with joyous things that I enjoy doing. It does not mean I don't struggle. doesn't mean that I don't yell at my girlfriend. doesn't mean that I don't get arguments with my friends and family members. doesn't mean I don't have bad days where I don't want to get out of bed. doesn't mean that there aren't times where I sit at my, in front of my computer at my desk and I don't even know what to do or where to start or I have a week off between class and I, my brain has so much time that I don't even know how to use my time. Like I am a human like all the rest of us. I have these emotional fluctuations. When I say that I have moved beyond that day-to-day, week-to-week craving mechanism that bites so many people at the early stages, it's just that when I began to stack days and weeks and months and now years, like I have a plan for my life. I have objectives that I want to achieve. I have this amazing visualization of who I still desire to become. Like, I'm 47, getting ready to go into, I mean, technically I'm in year 48 um, already, but by calendar, I'm still calling myself 47, but I'm into the year 48, and I'm still discovering who I am. I'm still uncovering it and creating it. Really great meme I came across today was we're not trying to find ourselves. We're trying to create ourselves. So when I think about the magic pill or you know, that so many people are like, I just something's got to happen that's just going to make this seem real to make me want to have it more. And when people say that, I go back into my own brain. I don't question what somebody says. I don't try to argue that that doesn't exist because that's not for me to decide what anybody's brain decides to conjure up. But I go back into my own brain and I ask myself, what was it like for me in those first days, weeks, and months? Now, I woke up in a shit tub. And if you've heard that story once, you've heard it enough. But you know that I woke up in a bathtub full of my own grossness. And I thought I was having a heart attack. Maybe I was. Maybe I wasn't. Never quite <laughs> figured that one out. But I certainly crawled out of a bathtub, laid in a pool of water on the bathroom floor, was able to manage myself to my feet to look at the monster in the mirror and say, no fucking more, man. I'm out of this. I'm out. And I called Kaiser and I just said, you know what? This is, <laughs> I cannot keep waking up in a bathtub covered in my own filth or in a bed full of my own pee. Like this, something's got to change here. And it wasn't that easy. I look back now and the, I've painted this beautiful pink cloud picture of it. But the body was going through so much pain and the brain was so confused and so sad. And my world was so small. My, that, that to me, as I began to build up all these ideas for what to talk about, and I'm getting to none of them. I have a whole page of show notes and I'm just going off on my own little Jesse rant here, is that my world was small. My world was very, very small. And I think that perhaps when people get into early stages of sobriety and they begin to grow themselves from this little seedling in hopes that it becomes this bountiful tree bearing amazing fruit one day, is that we're not quite prepared for how small our world could possibly feel. And you can go to meetings and you can meet other people in recovery, and certainly that has worked. I've 
just got done doing an entire two-month master's class on addiction recovery, and so much of it is centered around these group meetings, whether it's 12-step facilitation or various other forms where people get into a room and they discuss their pains and their suffering and their trauma, and they open themselves up to being vulnerable. For many of them, and for me, my, the first time I was ever really vulnerable in front of a group of people. And you can begin to expand your world from there. And it can maybe it doesn't feel as small. So let's be very clear when I say small, because I began to eliminate friends, the ones who hadn't already turned their backs on me. Then the one those the ones who stuck around during the chaos that was my 2016 were just the ones that were feeding off of my desperation and my suffering and my depression. They were the ones who wanted to be drinking and doing drugs as much as I was, just like many of the friends I had in college that were always around were really, you know, they were doing their own thing. But man, when you wanted a party, they knew who to come find. And so my world got very small. I was just going to work. I was going to Kaiser and I was going to my group meetings and I had my therapist and I would go to the gym and I would stay there for hours on end just to not be back in my freaking dank, stupid Coenga apartment in Hollywood. And it was just, there wasn't much. There, it wasn't like it was empty. But it certainly felt not shallow. It just felt like there was a lot of things that weren't there yet. And I'm very strategically using the word yet because it's up to us to create the bountifulness that we seek from this little seedling that we are at the beginning stages. Like I knew there was something more to my life than just going to work as a bartender, going and doing all the random crap I was doing in Hollywood, you know, just to find myself with a bottle of water that was actually vodka in my backpack or a bunch of booze in my bedroom waiting for me when I got home. And then I just drink like, like somebody was paying me to drink as much as I possibly could until it was finally time to go to bed so I could get back up at 6am and do it all over again. And when I began to just seek out things to make my life feel more abundant. There was a lot of ebbs and flows, a lot of things that I took on that I ultimately didn't keep. You know, I mean, it was, I mean, a lot of silly things like harmonica and juggling. And I mean, even, you know, practicing at the time I had an acoustic guitar and I had DJ equipment that I was still playing. Like I was messing around with a lot of things. None of them felt as good and as right as neuro-linguistic programming did. None of them felt as good and right as learning about the psychology of the mind and why I got myself into this mess and what happened as a child and what was I holding on to and the baggage and the suffering and the pain and the trauma. Like That stuff lit me the F up and I just dove into it and it became all about what could I read, what could I learn, what could I write, how could I change the conversations I was having, how could I change the words that I was using to describe myself to talk about my past? How could I listen more effectively and ask powerful questions so people actually felt like I cared about what they were saying? Like it was a magical time for me, 2017, to really begin to just unearth what was going on inside my brain and just just start figuring things out. And that's what worked for me. And I don't know what's going to work for you. If you're listening to podcasts like mine and you're reading books like I've read, uh, and I know a lot of y'all hit me up and you say you're reading books like The Naked Mind and Carol Dweck's Mindset. So I know that you're out there 
thirsty for more information and perhaps that's your way and maybe you're a different person and, and you know going to the gym and becoming a bodybuilder like somebody in the tribe did or you know going out and being an amazing mother who actually you know is is present and spending time with the family and going to all the events or you know maybe it's taking on a new job and then you take on another job and then you take on another job until you find the job like it is up to you And if you're searching for a magic pill that's going to make all of this come together, the beautiful thing about it is it's less of one major monumental momentous thing that will happen, and it's more a series of tiny little puzzle pieces put together. You ever put together one of those like 5,000 word puzzles? And even if you haven't put together a 5,000 word puzzle, certainly you have done a 100 piece puzzle. Did I say word? I did. I'm talking fast. I'm excited. And I've got 12 minutes in and I told myself I'd keep this to 17 minutes. So anyways, back to the point. You ever put together one of those puzzles and at first you're just sort of putting around the border and you're finding one particular picture that if you could get it together, it would be the catalyst for getting more pieces together. And next thing you know, you've got a corner and maybe you've got this floating thing in the middle because you've been able to figure out the middle image, but there's still so much. But the more pieces you put together, the more the picture starts to make sense and the more you can actually see where all the other pieces go. But when you first dump that box out and all those pieces are just a ramshackle nonsense on the table, yeah, I don't know if ramshackle's a word. Run with me here. So you got all these pieces on the table and you just start flipping them upright and you start putting the edges and oh, there's a cloud and oh, there's a red balloon and you just start to group them together and then you start to put them together. That is what sobriety and recovery is like. You get sober and day one it is like you just dump out a box of freaking puzzle pieces. And because our lives are infinite and we're humans, it is like a 50,000 piece puzzle. And you just start to turn them over and you just start to put pieces together trying to create these little images. But the more you do it and the more you go at it, the more the pictures start to show up. And before you know it, you've got lots of little floating pieces. And you start, you know, I can picture myself in my head putting together a puzzle recently. And you start putting some on the side and there's over here on the on the right hand side. Now you're putting some over here on the left hand side. And before you know it, you've built this little pathway that's connected these two images. And then bam, 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 all these puzzle pieces start falling into place and you get into a flow. That is what you're seeking. You're seeking a way to start putting pieces together. And even if you've got seven years like me or 77 years or seven days or seven minutes, it doesn't change the fact that there's always puzzle pieces to put together, that there's always something to be doing for yourself. Now, what are you going to do? Something physical? Are you going to get more active? Are you going to start watching your diet? Are you going to start drinking more water? Are you going to start going to the gym? Are you going to take up a physical activity hobby like playing basketball or pickleball, right? That's all the rage right now. Are you going to be focused on your emotional intelligence? And are you going to be looking at ways to manage and support yourself, to build your relationships and to understand that there's sort of a social decorum that we as humans are expected to follow? Listen to others, be polite to others, don't judge others, don't gossip about others. What are you going to do for your mental acuity? What new things do you want to learn? You know, do you want to go down a YouTube rabbit hole on how to begin to fix up your house because you've let it fall into disrepair because you were drinking yourself into a bloody stupor for the last seven years? Then maybe you jump up on that. Or you go down a rabbit hole about the Roman Empire and <laughs> the, the fall of the Greeks. I don't know. 
But you've got to be finding these things. And this all leads us back to the other pillar of spirituality. What are your morals, your ethics, your values, your opinions, your beliefs? Because for so many of us, for so long, we muted ourselves. Who we really were was just buried between all a rock and a hard place, really. The pain and the suffering and the anger and the judgments and the lack of being able to forgive anyone around us, let alone ourselves. Like These are things that you want to seek to uncover. I got obsessive. I, I won't lie. Right. And no doctor ever has you know, deemed me obsessive compulsive or anything like that. Certainly, I like to show a little bit of signs of that from time to time. I chirp my car a certain amount of times as I'm walking away from it to make sure it's locked. And I have an issue with chunking door locks in my house and an oven I haven't turned on in days to make sure it's not. I do little things like that. But when I say I, I am obsessive about my sobriety and recovery, it became the only thing that mattered to me. Yeah, I went to work and I went to my meetings and I went and visited my therapist because to me that was all part of my sobriety and recovery. Did I crave? I absolutely craved. I kept alcohol in my room just to make sure I was serious about it. And I'm not recommending that. And you know I've said this before in like 50 other episodes, but that's what I needed to do for myself. I needed to put myself up against it and say, dude, are you serious about this? Because this is your life hanging in the balance. And we've all had various stages of happiness and sadness, and some of us hit some seriously effed up rock bottoms. And I'm not saying that because I got sober, you should be able to get sober. I'm saying that because humans have shown an ability to have the resiliency to move beyond their past and create a a future they will love by doing something positive for themselves today, that is historically accurate, which means you can do it for yourself. How difficult or easy it is is going to be based on your own subjective perspective about it. But when we start thinking about this consistency that we're looking for, at some point, you have to just come to terms with the fact that there is no easy way out. There isn't. Not just from sobriety, I'm sorry, not just from addiction by stepping into sobriety, which again, difficult, easy, it's all subjective to perspective. There's no easy way out of healing a relationship. There's no easy way out of releasing 100 pounds. There's no easy way out of changing damn near anything worth changing in your life is going to take effort. It's going to take small little puzzle pieces that create a picture And before you know it, the life that was only inside your mind is now staring back up from the table because you just created it right in front of yourself. You are the most amazing puzzle that you'll ever put together. And it's up to you to realize that nothing is just going to snap and be right. You have to take action to make it right for yourself. There will be cravings, there will be highs, there will be lows, there will be ebbs and there will be flows, and they all come with being human. We were blessed with consciousness and cursed with it all at the same time. Figure out what's going to start working for you and try a thousand things if that's what it takes, but do not stop trying to figure yourself out. The worst thing that we could do is go back to a life we have already told ourselves we were fucking sick and tired of. 
I am not going to keep smashing my hand with a hammer just because it's easier than putting the hammer down and figuring out how to wrap up my broken hand. No, it's time to figure out how to mend ourselves. No one is ever going to care as much about your mending and healing and any of that as you will. And we may have been told time and time again that we were worthless pieces of shit or we weren't worthy of love or that we were this, that, or the other. And that is somebody else's words, but those do not have to be our words. It's not that I don't want you to think about all of that stuff. I want you to choose to think about something different. That which you resist persists. We've talked about that. We're not looking for you to block it away. Allow it to come through like a boat on a river. There's the bad negative emotions about myself. There's the horrible language patterns about myself. And then just let that boat go right over the waterfall. Whoosh. It is time to decide to make the change that will only change everything. And then one day that puzzle that was in your brain will be on that table. And it won't just be a puzzle on a table. It'll be your fucking life. Everything comes down to step-by-step, day-by-day, consistency, consistency, consistency. And I went three and a half minutes over. I'm out of here. Much love, everybody. Hey, by the way, if you are looking for ways to learn neurolinguistic programming, be more involved, whatever it might be, if you find this show fascinating, I would love for you to go over to jessemogel.com slash ask me, fill out one of those forms. What would you like? One-on-one coaching, group coaching, you want to be in the tribe, want to take my online school, want to come learn NLP in a live Zoom session for 12 weeks from me, would you like to come see me speak somewhere? Hey, you got someplace I can come speak in your town? Go to jessemogel.com slash ask me. Let me know how I might be able to help you, and we'll see where we can go from there. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. Shout out to Robert. Glow on. See you next week. Sober shorty number two in the books. Much love, everybody. Bye-bye. 